Previously on Progressively Horrified. It's Emily's birthday. We're talking about an anime series that has been mentioned uh, in at least half of the episodes of this podcast. It isn't, strictly speaking, either horror or half. a movie. So Emily is using this podcast as a way to finally get <laughs> me to watch and talk about Neon Genesis Evangelion. With me tonight, I have a panel of cinephiles and cenobites. My co-host, Ben Kahn, our co-host, Emily Martin. Also joining us from Talking Comics, Bronwyn Kelly Sabe and my collaborator in School for Extraterrestrial Girls, Jamie Noguchi. This show isn't just about teenagers. All of It's also about bureaucracy. All of the fun shit. You know, just to recap, Kaji's dead. Ray's a clone. Asuka's catatonic. Shinji's depressed. More. <laughs> Shinji. Um, Misato is finding out everything that's going on. And Ritsuko's like, I'm in jail because I killed all the Rays. Good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. <laughs> then a mysterious pretty boy pilot comes straight out of nowhere and is all like, I'm your backup pilot now, Wool. And everyone is side-eyeing the hell out of him. This is Kaoru star of stage and screen of everybody's fanfic mm-hmm. i would say shinji is not side-eyeing him he's full-eyeing him he's no 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 yeah, he is here to unlock shinji's closet oh, yes so yeah. everybody's side-eyeing him except for shinji who is can i have more eyes <laughs> everyone else is like hey all this background information's redacted i've so, seen a lot like, of movies yeah, over the yeah. last few yeah, shinji episodes is just but... like I want to kiss the boy now. This yeah, is what like, I want. <laughs> I've had too many boobies. I'm just tired of boobies. Don't I wish I them. was an angel so I could have more eyes to well, look at to this look pretty at It's guy. just <laughs> this real, like this brief relationship he has with uh, with Kaworu is just so much more or less stressful and psychologically fucked up for him than it is with all of the women in his life. Is it though? I we'll mean, Kaworu does. Talk to him and seem to be genuinely interested in what he says. Which yeah, is that's not true. I mean, the ending is, is pretty to. psychologically breaking. Everybody else wants Shinji to get in the robot. Kaoru just wants Shinji to get in him. So, yeah. Um, Although, I think Shinji wants Kaoru to get into him. I was going to say. Yeah. Shinji seems like the bottom in this dynamic. S- something, something entry plug. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, Shinji, Shinji does not take charge. I'm going to say Kaoru has real power bottom energy. Like, he would he does, but be he's gonna, on the bottom, he's gonna but have to take charge. The shots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I think whatever Kauru wants is what's gonna happen. That's which true. is proven here. Right. Um so, and including wants. being killed by Shinji. <laughs> yeah. So Kauru shows up and everyone's like, oh, that's weird. And Shinji's like, this is kind of weird, but in the way that like something's going right and i don't know what to do about it <laughs> kaoru is like ray lacks melanin and a certain understanding about how to be human but instead of being distant and reserved like ray is he just goes on about how beautiful and fragile humans are because that's something that a human would totally say right? <laughs> yep. obviously is he saying human oh he says he says human sometimes and other times he says lillin which is like unless you go into this knowing about the story of lilith yeah you're like, what the fuck are you saying, dude? 
what, Shinji doesn't like, give what a shit. Language? And Shinji's like, just saying cool, you love normal me. things that a guy that isn't an angel would totally say. Right? I'm so down with being worthy of your grace. <laughs> this, I'm is the, of your grace. <laughs> this is the part where, and it will continue through the next several episodes, that I feel really connected to Otto as somebody who's created things and then had the rug <laughs> pulled out from under me. Yes. I had to be like, I have to finish this, which means I have to fit like the material from like 30 episodes into three episodes. <laughs> because, like they yeah. introduce Kaoru, they have an entire relationship and he kills Kaoru by the end of one episode. <laughs> and it's like, that should have been at least a season. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. that should have been like an arc or yeah. at least a so, two-parter. The Evangelion, the official Evangelion manga, which actually came out after the series, there's a translation of it uh, from Dark Horse. It's actually really good. And the editor for that is Carl Gustav Horn. And he has a few essays that he he does oh, in the backs. Yeah. I've yeah. yeah. And he talks about Kaoru and the comparison between Kaoru in the manga and Kaoru in the anime. And there's a huge difference between that story and the manga and then an anime. But in the anime, he refers to Kaoru's 10 minute life and one minute death. Which I think is one of the best things I've ever heard. <laughs> I will say, if you want a manga storyline that I think really hits like a lot of the same themes of like Kaoru's story and gets enough space to actually be a full arc, is the Bomb Girl arc of Chainsaw Man. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of themes of this character who is just main character who's just received no love at all finally being given a tease of a real legitimate human romantic connection only to have that ripped away in the most horrifying of ways yeah yeah because shinji here is like finally at at this point where he's like wow maybe maybe anywhere can be heaven if i choose to live um, <laughs> instead it's like maybe maybe i deserve love i'm apparently worthy of somebody's grace he deserves then, grace yeah um <laughs> except Wah, wah, yeah, Kaoru's an angel, and you have to kill him, Shinji, LMFAO. Kaoru also does a cool magic trick where he just pilots uh, Unit 2 from outside of Unit 2, which is not something any of the other angels have been able to do. Yeah, this is because Kaoru possesses the soul of Adam, and all of the the Ava, like, Ava Unit 2 and above also are cloned from Adam. And that's what makes Ava Unit 1 and 2 different because they are cloned from Lilith. So where is Adam in all oh, of this? Adam is in Gendo's in hand. Gendo's hand ah, which creepy you think he uses that hand to jerk it? <laughs> he doesn't I have think definitely he has an supply of women who for some that's reason true. just want to have sex with him. That dick has got to be bomb. Maybe it's Adam. Maybe. Well, no, he oh. didn't have Adam in his hand with, when he was like banging Ritsuko's mom. Whose name I can't remember for the life of me, apparently. Poor woman. She's uh, Ritsuko's mom. Yes. That's Magi lady. But yeah, the the Adam stuff, like baby Adam in the hand, (laughs) that definitely feels like a a full (laughs) season of shit. Like there is more stuff there. Like Gundam had 50 episodes. Yeah. Or or plus. Okay, Jeremy. Three movies. And this (laughs) feels like this show needed 80 episodes. Uh, Yeah, sure did. For the record, we've broken Jeremy, and I don't even know how. <laughs> I just need to say, I know it's kind of wrong, but that computer's Ritsko's mom. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yes, hurry. Yes. Oh, that is if we get nothing from this episode but that, it would have been worth it. Oh, oh that's amazing. God. That's fucking ingenious. Like, I do love, like, I mean, at <laughs> least with End of Evangelion, we get to actually see the big crazy thing the whole series has been leading up to, and we see yeah. like how it happened. Mm-hmm. Like the way the show was originally constructed, it cuts from Kaoru's death straight to, and now back to the human instrumentality already in progress. Yes. Meanwhile, it just looks like Shinji had a gay awakening, killed his first boyfriend, immediately went completely insane. I mean, yes. I, it, you know what? That's contracts. Yes. It looks like we are now seeing him go insane from entirely within his own head. Yes. And that focus shift is a little bit disconcerting. It's jarring. Yeah. yeah indeed. As well as the mm, budgetary one. Style <laughs> shift. <laughs> the entire presentation shift. What yeah. can we afford? Crayons. <laughs> yeah. Get drawn. Listen. Yeah. We only have so much. This is going to be a deconstruction. The pencil out. I raided this from my kids' room. We have to. We have to finish this TV show. What oh, these do we have? Japanese guys. What do we have in the kill your darlings file that we haven't used yet? Right, <laughs> crayons. Shinji takes about a minute to kill Kaoru. He deliberates. Kaoru also identifies the marshmallow man as Lilith, not Adam. That's important. It's important point. And then Kaoru's like. The ultimate freedom is choosing when you want to die. I was supposed to do this thing, but now I'm going to choose. Shinji, please kill me. Good. And she's like, Which I maintain is they tried to force him to be hetero. And he said, fuck that noise. I want Adam or Shinji, but none of this Lilith nonsense. You're going say, to have to kill me. I will say, I can't even imagine the, how proud they must have been when they came up with the idea of like, and then we just show a freeze frame of Shinji pausing before killing him for a solid minute where they're like, ooh, this is going to be so character driven and moody and artsy and also save us a lot of money on this episode. <laughs> they do a lot of that shit. Yeah. And I'm fucking kudos to them. I want to hear about all of y'all's experience with that moment of the show. Because when I saw that moment, I was with a group of people at like an anime club thing. And we were all standing there. It's the first time. And oh, shut up. <laughs> and there was like, waves of nervous laughter that went through the room <laughs> multiple <laughs> waves of nervous laughter were like i definitely ah. had a moment of like shit did, did i like lose internet connection right <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of those in this show yeah there was a point where like there's a point elevator it's elevator like, it's like episode three where shinji is trying to leave and he's on the platform and like she has come to stop him and he looks at her from the platform and Alicia walked in and watched TV for like 30 seconds and was like, are you just watching a paused frame? And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, no, it's style. It's going it's... still. I don't, I guess they didn't have any like fields of grain to pan across in this one, like in every that was fucking smart vibes, though. Jeremy. Yeah. Let yeah, me tell you what vibe. I talked about this when we talked about Perfect Blue. Is they managed to stage this and direct it like a live action show. So you have these pans and these atmospheric shots and things, and it's all very like set in the style. They already have it set up so they don't need to animate the shit out of everything. And 
it works pretty well. You know, it's not as jarring when they they run out of money. I mean, at certain points, this yes. Fucking mumblecore robot show is just <laughs> <laughs> what it is. There's your one sentence description. Mumblecore Trey. robot show. Mumblecore. <laughs> okay. So we have gotten to this point of the end part one. Kauru was dead. This is complicated because the last two episodes of the TV series are formatted like a combination of a group therapy session combined with a PowerPoint presentation on Psychology 101. Yeah. Animation is suggested. I need to see the script. I need I would the love actual to see teleplay for 24 and 25. I'm fucking like, pages. I need to know. Was every photo, was every specific like train photograph in the script or was it just like handwritten notebook pages of psychology that the animators were then like fuck it fuck it we're done i'm done i'm not doing this that like what's in this is is was mostly annoying to me i was just ready to be done during this last episode end of evangelion where they're like hey fucking look at the movie theater where an audience is watching a movie that's fucking you you're looking at yourself like right i was like okay fine yeah but what if we're all tang we're all in the audience we are our own audience there is the self is composed of two selves the self that is observed and the self that observes itself it's the quantum self i love this show but i'm not gonna lie there's some times in both endings where i got some real matrix revolutions architect vibes Ah, you kidding that's exactly what it is i I I found the last two episodes of the series itself to be annoying i found the inclusion of the high school universe to be them like one of the more creative uses like showing shinji explicitly a little bit of nature versus nurture or just like showing this world that could have been almost like this absolution like no look if you hadn't grown up in an utterly fucked world you wouldn't be so fucked up you're just trying your best in a fucked up world it feels a little bit like you want this can't have it (laughs) and then the end of evangelion shows up and it's like hey what if shinji was a fucking shit bag in the spirit of bronwyn's naming of everything i think i told emily after i finished watching this last episode i'm just going to call this episode shinji yells at kanji because (laughs) it was just him yelling at like words that would appear on screen yeah it'd be like be like i don't want to do it and the words would be like don't you and he'd be like no (laughs) the good drugs i'm just saying i think those aren't good drugs he's like like, what is your enemy 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 (laughs) is it an angel enemy or is it your dad (laughs) whoa so I don't have fucked up feelings about my mom. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> the Ava, the Ava fucking like unborn, unbirthed you and birthed you again. Like mm-hmm. Jesus yeah. Christ, literally. Yeah. Um, so the, the studio ran out of money. They knew they were running out of money. And there was a bunch of shit that was that was cut from the original release. And those those elements are present in the uh, Netflix edition. Other editions are not, like it wasn't on the Adult Swim version, but the series finale that was released on TV was a victim of multiple pro- like money problems. One, the studio was being audited. Their uh, accountant did a bunch of shady shit. And then also a bunch of the sponsors started kind of pulling out because they were like, 
this robot head crushing thing is not the kind of thing I thought I was going to be sponsoring. Yeah. When this was the show that replaced Fred Wolf's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> imagining like the scene of Ava of Unit One devouring the like Zoriel, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like slowly devouring while everyone else just throws up or watches and crying of horror. And yeah, then like, it just cuts to a Japanese commercial for KFC. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, that's better than if everything that's in End of Evangelion had been on TV. And you cut from Shinji masturbating over <laughs> Asuka's unconscious corpse to a can commercial I, for KFC. Can I, t- can I tell a story? <laughs> Which Please. you would. <laughs> so, the... End of Evangelion came out in a bunch of different versions. There was Death and Rebirth, which is also known as the revival of Evangelion uh, on Netflix's Death True Squared or some shit. Yeah. And this that is was getting just... into Kingdom Hearts game level of crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. We're... Evangelion Chain of Memories. Um, <laughs> so they the had the new scenes from that first section are, I guess, some stuff that was in the director's cut that wasn't originally in what aired, but then the four of them. Playing instruments in a four-part string quartet. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that was all specifically for the death. Threads Some big lady together. singing it, like sniffing Aquaman sweater and singing at him at the Snyder Cut energy. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, sure. Death True is on Netflix, and then Evangelion is on there separately. And I guess what you were saying, Emily, is originally they were released as like Death True, and then. Like the first half hour of End of Evangelion? Yes, yes, which was called Rebirth at the time. Was it that the first half of Avon, End of Evangelion was like supposed to be episode 25, but then they realized they wouldn't be able to finish it? Or that it was like too much? So they're like, screw it, photographs and 2D they, drawings. I'm pretty sure that End of Evangelion was also affected by the reception of the tv episodes 25 and 26 because like, wasn't there a certain amount of what would become end of evangelion already animated by the time they did like the original 25 26 i don't think so i think it was it was laid out but i don't think it was already animated okay because there was the um director's cut episodes that they had to cut all that stuff because they they ran out of money to show what they were leading up to like they telegraphed a bunch of like the giant ray in episode 23 where ray like is possessed like in the original version which is what you see in death true ray just like gets the angel in her and explodes herself but in the director's cut like you see the angel like come out of her evangelion start like forming out of her evangelion like all the different angel forms and then the eva itself becomes her body and it's like a giant her before she explodes. And it's really fucking crazy and awesome looking. <laughs> but anyway, so the story I wanted to tell is that so there's death and rebirth and there's end of Evangelion. And I needed to make sure that I had the right video. So I went to World's Best Comics in Sacramento, run by the legendary Dave Downey, who inspired such artists as Sam Keith. I don't think he was there that day, but he also had a bunch of like fan dubs and fans or fan subs oh, a lot nice. of fan dubs yeah, he had a yeah. whole bunch of fans fan subs available for rental so i was able to find end of evangelion with a fan sub which was interesting because there were some some liberties taken there because they didn't have it they they were just translating from what they could hear 
I needed to make sure what video I was getting because I wanted to make sure I got the right one. So the guy at this public comic shop with the little TV over the cashier was like, you just, we would just check. Uh, just pop it right in there. So it just popped it in there and we're like, okay, all right, okay, it's openings, okay, Toho, all right, studio IG, okay, whatever, production IG, Star Child. And then we saw the first scene. Uh oh. And my friend, whose name is now Ava, <laughs> for reasons, she was in there with me and she was like, oh, and she started hiding behind me. And I'm like, yeah, you can stop it. Like, there's kids walking around. <laughs> yeah, you're good. I think we got it. Yeah, we got it. Okay. Mommy, is that mayonnaise? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. So that's my story I, I about legit, like, watch this scene and, like, purged it from my memory immediately. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because, like, I watched this and then I rest, watched the rest of Evangelion and then I, or End of Evangelion. And then I was looking at, like, a recap of End of Evangelion. And they were like, and Shinji masturbates over Asuka's body. And I was like, that did happen, didn't it? <laughs> I I completely got rid of that scene in my head. Yeah, as you should. As you definitely yeah. should. But you know what? We have to acknowledge our issues in order to get past them. Um, I mean, at least it too. wasn't Ray. I mean, he did. <laughs> There's Jamie. a bit later <laughs> where they're like interlock. Anyway. Oh. God. Okay, so back to uh, the TV episodes twenty five and twenty six. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure we're done with those. <laughs> I just want to. I just want to point out that these episodes a show some of Misato's motivation that we don't get anywhere else, and b the teen comedy thing is what really makes Shinji realize like, yeah, everything sucks, but it doesn't have to suck. I think it's more about my mindset in this case. Like, I could try to be happy. You know, like I can change my outlook and then everyone's like, congratulations. And that's it. it. But that's not. And then a bunch of people sent Ano death threats because they were like, what the fuck is this? And Ano's like, all right, it's on. (laughs) You want more show? I'll give you more show. That seems like, especially that original ending, even though it's a happier ending, feels like it puts a lot on Shinji where it's like, look, yeah, you have absolutely no caretakers no emotional support system your only friends have suffered grievously for things you blame yourself for and you're routinely thrown into immense physical danger and horrible emotional trauma but if you just had a better attitude about it yeah (laughs) which is like bright side one of those good vibes only kind of bullshit things. We just um, be better, bestie. God, manifest yourself from your mother's womb again, but happier this time. Get it right. The world uh, is Shinji. what you make Come it. Come on. Get it okay. right. Okay, so this is the real end of Evangelion, real ending, two 40-minute episodes as one feature film. Some of it coincides with the TV show ending, some of it doesn't. Uh, we pick right up after Kaoru's death. Shinji's visiting Asuka Austin in the hospital, Tries to shake her awake and ends up assaulting her by masturbating over her conscious body. You remember how everyone was mad at Gendo? Well, Sele has now teamed up with the UN and they're all, yes, it's Gendo's fault. They're going to cause no- another apocalypse. Get him. So a bunch of soldiers inf- infiltrate Nerve in a bloody takeover, start killing everybody indiscriminately. And Still Gen- not sure what everyone's different version of human instrumentality was supposed to be uh well the instrumentality from the first from episode 25 and 26 is like 
Nobody has any boundaries anymore. So everybody has to deal with their problems. We find out about your problems and motivations in like a group therapy session, essentially. I think Ben means like there's this whole like, like oh, like, they're yeah, like, triggering instrumentality, but I was going to trigger instrumentality different and it was going to be like this. And Yeah, like Seal's got their instrumentality. Then Gendo's got his instrumentality, and then Ray pulls her own instrumentality. At well, Ray initially was supposed to respond to Gendo's wish, and then she's like, "No, fuck you! I'm going to go to Shinji's wish because you're a shitload of fuck." Yeah. Oh, and I, Shinji's wish. Oh, so it was. Oh, so that was her responding to Shinji's wish of, "Well, if no one loves me, everyone should die." Yeah, yeah. which is. I mean, she she did oh, say. Oh no, good bad now, job, Shinji. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, fair. He's fourteen and highly traumatized. Oh, he's and- so traumatized. That ripped out like Ava, like Unit Two, just like disemboweled. There's some horrifying stuff. Uh, oh my god, I that was like I was so obsessed with that. How fucked up that was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, we should talk about like. Asuka actually gets an ending in this version, which, yes. which she does not in the show, which is like she gets pulled out, like she wakes up, she's shot back up into the battlefield to to fight people. She realizes that her Ava is her mom and then can actually work with it and fucks up all of these Avas that they send after him. And then it doesn't matter yeah. because they just they just get back up the after big, she weird, has no power. Lippy mouth oh yeah, they <laughs> The fucking white angel demon Ava series. So yeah, Oscar's put the mass in- produced ones. Yeah, yeah the mass yeah. production yeah. Avas. So Oscar, she's put in the Ava because it's the safest place to be, right? Yeah, they um, shoot her halfway up the tube, and they're like, "Get her now, motherfuckers!" Yeah, they're <laughs> well. They they put her at the bottom of the lake. This is while like while the UN and everybody's attacking Nerve. Gendo Ollie's out. He's like, "I'm going to Terminal Dogma." Bye, and so. <laughs> So Misato has Asuka placed in the unit too, and she has to go find Shinji who's wandering around being depressed. And Misato has to save him, tries to motivate him to get in the robot by essentially assaulting him with an age-appropriate kiss and then gives him a cross necklace and says, God. bye. And then she explodes. That fucking scene. Yeah. When you come like, back, I'm a fuck you. I was, I, it was going so much better in this version of the ending. And then and Misato then... gets shot and she's like, here, this is how adults kiss. Ah. And if you, yeah. when you come back from fighting these fucking Evangelions, then we'll do the rest. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. With my, better. Like with my last dying act, I sexually assault a teenager. God. No. No. Masada, why? No. Especially um, because like even if Shinji was over 18, he is clearly way 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 too traumatized to consent to anything right oh now yeah God. yeah i mean there's it's that kid's a baby that kid has not even hit puberty like he is a oh. barely yeah and so i guess that's just a capstone to the weird toxic psychosexual relationship of being unable everybody. to make either that's one true. feel anything but worse around the other that yeah, Misato and Shinji had the whole show. Yeah, I have I have things to say about that. We'll <laughs> get to that. So this is where we start seeing the Phantom Rays. The Phantom Rays show up in whenever somebody dies. Gendo heads down to Lilith and encounters Ritsuko. Ritsuko tries to explode the entire nerve complex, but the magic computer system denies her program, and she blames her mom's personality written into the program. <laughs> <Damn> you, <mama. laughs> and she's like, "Mom, it's because you were banging Gendo." 
that you won't explode Gendo. And the Magi are like, well, there's, I mean, sure. I mean, I don't or know. I'm, I'm just a woman that denies her. Yeah. yeah. The, Look, the, the mom and the scientist are all about exploding themselves, but the one who's horny for just the worst man ever. The whole bag. That's <laughs> part of it. Like, people who are really into men, what is with the utter dirtbag gremlin appeal? Why is mastermind Pete Davidson what like all this multi generation (laughs) family of scientists into? Okay, I don't know. I'm gonna go with the patriarchy and (laughs) generational nagging. Yeah, generational nagging. Generational nagging. Is Gendo just just a one man generational trauma? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. We find that out in the exposition episode. So yeah, um, Gendo has the fetus, the jelly fetus in his hand. He has Adam in his hand. And he puts it in to Ray through her boob. And it's really upsetting. It's bad. Ray's arm falls off. But then it's okay because she takes Gendo's hand to replace hers. And Ray's like, fuck you, asshole. I'm not your doll. And uh, she floats it up to the crucified Lilith, uh, which is her true body all along. And she is welcomed home. Now we have Asuka. She is wrecking shit. She is fucking up the entire UN military. And then the Ava series, the production model Avas, with their Calgary brand dummy plugs. Are we going to unpack that? No. Um, <laughs> with their real-ass angel wings and their swords that turn into lances of Longinus come down. She still kicks the shit out of them, and then they start regenerating. And uh, it's not fucking fair. Okay? What um, I love about this shit is how badass Asuka is, because everybody's like, Asuka... They shot out your plug like you've only got five minutes left. You got to get out of there or something. And she's like, "You mean I've only got five minutes to kill all these motherfuckers? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. There is yeah. with me. It's on. That is what TV tropes calls a crowning moment of awesome. That was an amazing <laughs> moment just seeing her go ham fucking wild yeah, she on starts, like nine <laughs> Avas at once. She starts beating Avas to death with other Avas. It's just it's fantastic. It is glorious. So yeah. Utterly ineffective in the end, but glorious while it lasts. Yeah, and she still goes out like the second right down to the splitting of her breast. Uh, they had she's to like, do, I'll like... fuck you up. I'll fuck you up. And she's like there and she's got her hand out and her Ava unit is all like fucked up and eviscerated the guts everywhere yeah, and its eyeballs no. hanging out. But it was still oh. about to still go like, berserk. It was about to go berserk the way unit <laughs> one does and then yeah. like more spears came. I did not yeah. like the splitting. Ugh. Yeah, this is how her arms split in half. Yeah, uh, so to me, it was really when they, the flying evas came down, each grabbed an entrail and then like flew back up. Oh yeah, and they were like eating it. It's yeah, really gross. To describe these things, if you haven't seen them, they look like Evangelion units with wings, but instead of heads, they have like these weird like whale heads with no eyes. So they're just bestial, big <laughs> um, juicy lips. <laughs> what's funny is that the figurine of these Ava production model, whatever, these Ava units, shows up as a plot point in the film 24-hour photo with Robin Williams. Oh my god. Oh, I remember, yeah. Anyway, Shinji is, like, listening to Asuka getting, like, destroyed by these Avas, and Shinji's like, fuck. And then he's like, oh. Like, it seems like they're saying that that Unit 1 is, like, trapped inside this goo that's frozen or hardened or something and so like, it's it's hardened it. bakelite which they've yeah. used multiple times to like it's one of their like stopping mechanisms they used it on unit zero when it was going nuts 
They flooded systems with Bakelite in order to keep the soldiers from coming in various places. So they fused Unit 1 with Bakelite to make sure that it can't be taken mm. by the UN. But um, Yui... He gets down there and he's like, well, I guess I can't get in it. Oops. Yeah. And then Yui's like, nah, fuck that. I could still move my arm. And he's like, oh, it's you, Mom. <laughs> guess I gotta go. So he goes. And he gets out there and he sees that, like, Asuka's Ava has been reduced to giblets. So he goes full ape shit and demonic explodey. And then all the white demon Ava's, like, stigmata him with their special lances. And um, everybody else in the UN at Nerve, and they're like, well, I guess it's over. (laughs) 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 We tried to avert the apocalypse, guys. We didn't. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. My bad. Uh, weird th- fireworks in the sky now. It looks like some kind yeah, of they they all become like a like a Sephiroth, and they were like, "Well, that's how that works, I guess." And everything explodes, and then a giant ray comes up and starts like trying to talk to the Shinji Not who's like big modded. Hank Pym sized, like size of planet sized ray. Yeah, well, she's she is Colossus, like extra Colossus, like maybe she's like five Avas at a certain point. And then she becomes like a size of a hemisphere. The scene when her arms just sliding off her bone is just still gives me the like. <laughs> oh yeah, she's like all gelatinous. No, um, no. Mm. Oh, important plot point: the AT fields, which are really really powerful, coming from the angels and the Avas. That's just the shit that makes us individuals, y'all. Ah, that's that's what keeps. That's what guards your heart. It's your, guards super your heart ego. It's your heart guard. Or it's your mom protecting you. Mm-hmm. So the spectral ray, the semi-spectral ray, is really fucking scary. And Shinji's like, no, and sc- is is just screaming this whole time. This is like a whole ten minutes of just Shinji screaming and shit. I feel really him. bad for that voice actor because right, like, right? Oh she God. is a fucking badass. My favorite part of that though that's then hard. is that's hard to do. Shinji sees giant ray, starts screaming his like bloody murder, but then giant Kaoru shows up. And she immediately comes down. It's like, oh hi. <laughs> oh, it's Kauru. Oh, sweet. Kauru. You're not dead. And then Kauru's like, let's decide the fate of the world. What could possibly go wrong? So now we see into Shinji's deep past, his frustration and tendency to destroy things from pyramids from sand pyramids to relationships. Turns out he tried to strangle Asuka back when she and she rejected him back in episode 24, revealing this as part of her reason for going catatonic. That's not great. Shinji wishes for destruction, and Sailor's like, oh, yay, he did the thing that we wanted. And all of humanity is reduced to a single being, a sea of life where all thoughts and feelings are uh, shared and no person is alone. We get a cool song about death. Ray appears at every moment a person is reduced to this life juice. Once everybody is tanged, Shinji thinks about life, the universe, and everything. And amidst meta montages of people and places, life and death, Shinji is like, I actually liked it better when people were around. <laughs> also, this me fusing with the Lilith mother figure of mine. Like, I'm basically like, there's this weird imagery where I'm banging my mom with some Oedipus shit. I don't like that. Oh, it's not I'm good. I don't like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, for better, for worse, Shinji tries again. The ray abides, and a unit two with Yui's soul in it forever orbits the Earth, and when the sun, the moon, and the Earth no longer exist, Ava will still be there, proving that humanity once was, for better, for worse. And uh, the White Demon Ava series, uh, now inert and headless, stand as effigies in the surf as a huge semi-collapsed ray head looms on the horizon of the life sea, where Shinji manifests once again. 
Shinji and Asuka awaken in the sand in the surf of the Red Sea. The first thing Shinji does after apparently nailing up Misato's cross necklace as a uh, grave marker is try to strangle Asuka again. Now, the weird thing here is that Asuka has Misato's brown eyes and raised bandages. So there's a theory that she's all three of them at once. That's a bit weird. Mm-hmm. But that's okay because when uh, Shinji stops before killing Asuka, fortunately, when she pats his face and he starts crying, and then she speaks the final line of the series, completely applicable, Kimochi Warui, which translates roughly as, dude, you're gross. <laughs> yes and that's the end for reels except for the rebuilds which are everything again but with more bullshit less atmosphere but the animation is really good and it ends happier also coward gets more screen time the end okay bye ultimate spider-man <laughs> evangelion version <laughs> so we have a few moments to talk about the progressive policy you know, does evangelion deal with themes <laughs> <laughs> yeah so real quick just to give a little bit of context that this series that is incredibly cerebral, which is giant robots in the, in the style of 2001 space odyssey is as merchandised as star Wars. And that's fucking weird to me, but it's also kind of amazing. And of course they're not focusing on like the cerebral portion. They're like, what if Oscar also was a soap holder? And this is kind of how they got the money back for never fucking hold your soap. I know, right? Like, there's all, yeah, there's just figurines and shit. And there's, I mean, that just continues the theme of Asuka being done dirty for this whole thing. Oh, oh, for sure. Like, seriously, at the end of this, you wake up on the side of the Red Sea of Tang. That's all of the people you've ever known in your whole life. And the only other person who's manifested is the only guy who's consistently assaulted you. Yes. And he's assaulting you again. Yes. Kimochi Warui, my dudes. You gross. Mm. Yeah. At least you get the last line, and it's an insult. I mean, like, honestly, one of the themes of this show is very much dudes are gross. Yes. <laughs> With the exception of Kaoru, who's not a human. Yeah. And he's th- not good. He's just not gross. Yeah. I mean, he's... There's a story about how Kaoru's whole character is based off of the creator of Sailor Moon, Kunihiko Ikuhara, at least the scene where Shinji and Kaoru are in the bath together, because there's this story about how Ano is talking about life, the universe, and everything with Ikuhara, and Ikuhara's been like, okay, well, I've been through some shit, and you know, this is what I did, and I respect that you survived that. So that is a bit of, that's a nice little tidbit, but I think that it's important to address what the show says without any of that context and that's one of the reasons that i wanted you all to be here because mm-hmm. i am outside i am so 500 percent synchronized in this yes. show you're about to become tang i'm about to become tang and i need you to remind me that i'm human and i need to be un un unborn look from evangelion don't go into the red sea <laughs> i will not remember your boundaries but I do want to mention that there is this show is a good example of the terrible chagrin of the satire being mistaken for that which it satirizes because it is not clear enough about its satire tries to have its cake and eat it too. This show was initially intended to be a subversion of tropes when a lot of it, especially in the rebuilds where it goes back 
to those tropes. As somebody who was struggling with asexuality when I was, uh, you know, trying to, to accept myself as asexual while I was watching it, there is a certain element of this series that I feel a lot of rate of relatability to Shinji, where the sexuality of his character is so like he's he is almost forced to to be something mm-hmm. as he is also forced to do something, which is to, you know, save humanity and a robot. It's also his mom. And of course, the Freudian shit goes way deep. And Freud is not valid. Like Freud no. is basically like do cocaine for the ghosts in your blood version yes. of psychology, <laughs> but gave us some of the well, terms. Which drug should we take to placate the ghost in our blood? <laughs> yeah. Cocaine? It's a good that, question. <laughs> I mean, cocaine works for a minute for the symptom, not the cause. Well, that's but, fine because yeah. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Yes. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm opening up the floor now because Bronwyn, especially, I want to hear what you have to say. Oh my God. Ah, this show, this show. I mean, I love it. I love it. But it, Jamie, I think it was you who said it best when this is like peak, your favorite is problematic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because like there's a lot of value here. And oh my God, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. And it does, it is cerebral. It does make you think, which is really interesting. And it, it, it's very entertaining. And it, it's one of those things. It's like the water cooler show, but for nerds, right? Like, what's the water cooler show? It's the one the you discuss you around, the water around the water cooler. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about a specific show. Now I know exactly what you're talking about. It's been a while since I've worked anywhere with a water cooler. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but that phrase definitely works better prior to the 2020s still the sentiment is there um yes i just feel like the more i watch this show the more i get out of it and the more interesting i find it but i the more i watch it the more uncomfortable i am watching it as well mm-hmm. yeah so it's an interesting dichotomy and i think that some of that as you say is on purpose but it was like it was trying to be that satire like you'd said and didn't quite make it there and as a result, you can see the effort and you can see the intent. But because it doesn't quite make it, it does leave you with that sense of, ugh. Yeah. It's, it's like they know what's bad, but they don't know why. I don't, I don't want to like, interrupt you if you have more to say, Bronwyn. Mm, uh, but I, have, I don't want to go off and rant here. Um, <laughs> like, man, isn't it weird how these people like sexualize these like nubile naked 14 year olds we parade over the screen so weird of them for people to sexualize them anyway please buy all of our merchandise of them in bathing suits right yeah yeah um, i so i have a, a bit of a rant that i've, I've built up because i had to write everything down because i was like i don't want to forget that i want to say this stuff so here's my here's at least some of my rant obviously the repeated and ridiculous handling of nudity in teenage girls is bad in a world where you have an increasing number of stories that are told from a female point of view about girls being horny it especially stands out that this story has very little concern about female sexuality and or interiority and way more concerned about sexualizing teenage girls and women in general I have generally less problem with sexualizing Katsuragi because if anything, Katsuragi is kind of the second hero of the series Mm -hmm. uh, because she's a lot of storylines that don't really intersect with the other kid with the kids. And we do view a lot of things through her eyes and she is an adult woman that has some actual depth and is kind of a fucking mess. But that really doesn't explain away things like the camera angles that they choose to show her and, and other women at. 
where it's like not shooting their face, but instead their boobs or ass as they're talking in the scene. Perhaps the absolute worst culmination of all of this is the elevator scene at the end of or in in end of Evangelion, where she convinces Shinji to go pilot Neva by promising to fuck him when he comes back, and then French kissing him before saying, "That's how grown-ups kiss. We'll do the rest when you come back." Which basically turned me against the entire movie, which I was more or less thinking <laughs> until that point. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense for her character, who is just so blatantly, desperately, like, all these characters seeking out affection and purpose, and she specifically seeks it out in inappropriate sexual contact. But it's still just, just because we understand where her character is coming from doesn't make it any less sexual assault on a minor. Yeah, it's yeah. very bad and very weird. Uh, so at one point, I wasn't exactly sure what it was about the personifications of women in the show that was not quite landing for me. And then I stumbled on this bit of an interview with uh, Yoshiyuki Satomato, uh, who was the, you know, the lead character designer, who explained that, the, that he first designed an Asuka-type girl as the lead character, and they, but they felt it might be too similar to the other an- anime that they'd done, like Gunbuster and Nadia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they suggested he suggested to Anno that they change the lead character to a boy, uh, which would be more in keeping with the robot genre. In the initial project, she was described as a determined girl who adapts to the situation, which she finds herself uh, she's passionate about video games and aspires to become like Kaji. <laughs> in the 19th episode, she would have been seriously injured in an attempt to protect Shinji, who would have thus proved his worth trying to save her. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Sadamato and Ando designed the series. Sadamato came to believe that Asuka could occupy the position of idol in the Ava world, Asuka would have represented Shinji's desire for the female sex, as opposed to Rei, who is supposed to represent motherhood to him in this story, uh, and Mm -hmm. would have been the idol of Neon Genesis Evangelion, which arguably she is, uh, if you look at the merchandising. Oh um, my god. He also describes his belief that the relationship between Asuka and Shinji would be similar to the relationship between... Jean and Nadia in Nadia. Yes. Pretty sure for Shinji, uh, Kaoru is the idol of Evangelion. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And like, what really gets me about this stuff and like the nudity and the dehumanization of, of female characters is part and parcel with this. All of the women in the show are defined by Shinji and their relationship with Shinji. Both endings of the original series make this plain in a way that was out and out hard to stomach for me like especially in the original show ending where they're like talking him through his personality problems as elements of him which like that whole thing i was like oh like these characters aren't important except in as the how they relate to shinji which really which really turned me against a lot of the stuff i'd watched to that point which is my explanation for the thing i said to jamie and emily which they flipped out about when i said to them uh in watching the rebuilds mari is one of my favorite parts of this show Uh, (laughs) she does not appear in the show at all she's just in the rebuilds and she was literally like created because strong emotions were had in the chat (laughs) (laughs) because the producers were like we need to have a new character in the show and literally ano and satamato were like uh yeah we don't know what to do with this because like all these other female characters are just parts of Shinji's personality. So they just sort of like left her design to these other folks. And like, she's very much not 
directly part of Shinji's story, but sort of intersects with it in a way that in the second movie doesn't make sense. She just no, sort it of, doesn't. Yeah, she just falls into the show. But it like, literally is dropped, like airdropped into this story. Yeah, by the time she shows up in three and four, like she has what feels like a relationship with Asuka, which is not apparently what they were after. But like, you know, she has like her <laughs> own personality <laughs> yeah. and, and their own stuff going on that has nothing to do with Shinji because it's the really weird way that those shows that the movies deviate from the show is there's a fucking 12 year time gap between the second and third <laughs> movie. Amazing. Fucking, yeah. I cannot handle that shit. Like, I, was, I, was I like, love it. I love it. And it like, was, I was already excited about it. Until like Asuka showed up and she was like, no, I still look 14 because the Avas make us continue to look 14 for the rest of our lives. And then they just start showing her naked again. I was like, you had a chance <laughs> yeah. to make her a full grown woman. Yeah. Yeah. And not just do this weird same pervy shit, which is the thing that does drive me mad so- about those movies. Is I that think... it reminds me of the new 52 when the new 52 oh, yeah. came out. Oh boy, yeah. And that, like there were all these things that I was like, you have a chance to fix that. Like yeah. there are things that I would fix if I were like remaking the history of Evangelion or comics. And like in Evangelion, it's taking out a lot of the weird nudity. And uh in comics, it would be uh, getting rid of the fact that I don't know, Batman has had six Robins. You know, I, I'm like, oh, don't you touch that bat Jason fam. Todd. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you kind of simplify things, you get rid of Jason Todd, you get rid of the characters that have backstories that take two years to explain. Ugh. And yeah, this was just that so, was fighting more sort of the high but... and low points for me with this, uh, with the like rebuilds yeah. is they had some stuff that worked for me, but then they made the same mistakes again that really. You drove me nuts. Look, it's like the old saying: if at first you don't succeed, yeah, just fuck up the same way again. It's whatever. Right? You don't need to learn a new thing. Like I think for me, it felt like, and I think Emily touched on this a little bit, and eh, it it felt like somebody who very poorly understands and didn't bother to try and read any of the history of or the context for Freud hmm. applied that extremely limited knowledge as a matrix for this entire show like okay so we have freud we have ego we have id we have this we have that so we have these different portions of a personality so we're going to make this character this portion of this personality and we're going to make this character this portion of this personality and we're going to make everybody kind of horny but afraid of sex and it's going to be really like you know sex is bad but everybody wants it and then we'll focus on the nudity and like freud would be totally on board for this but it's because he has fucked up piece of shit who didn't know what he was talking about (laughs) yeah yeah like maybe do a little bit more research (laughs) yeah i i think like that for me that is where the story lost me all three times is (laughs) anytime they get into the human instrumentality project and it's like it turns into psych 101 yeah and it's like oh god like somebody who just again didn't pass or barely passed psych 101 and the, the one thing that i like about end of Evangelion and in the rebuilds that they do is that in both cases, Gendo misses out on the human instrumentality project. Mm -hmm. And it's because he's such a shitty father. Like literally in end of Evangelion, you know, Ray is like, no, you suck. Shinji is the one that should, you know, make this choice in the, in the rebuilds. It's even plainer because like literally she's like, actually 
you have been talking about how much you miss your wife this whole time, but you had a piece of her still in your son and you mm-hmm. fucked that up. Like, yeah, oh, fucked it up. Yeah. And yeah. he literally like, abandons him at the end. She's like, yeah, no, goodbye. Yeah. You're the yeah. worst. No human instrumentality for you. <laughs> yeah. And that's Deny- just- you don't get to turn into Tang because you were too shitty a dad. <gasps> Only good dads become Tang. Exactly. Nobody wants you in the human pool of Tang. Yeah, nobody wants to share their thoughts and dreams with Gendo. No. Yeah. All I'm, souls have been merged into one, except for Gendo, because he sucks. Because he's a soulless <laughs> monster. <laughs> for real. Yeah. For real. The Psych 101 stuff, there's some interesting stuff there. The episodes where it just becomes that, or it's like the end of Evangelion, or the bits where it's like, where's your reality? It's the end of your dream. I mean, it gets repetitive. There are some cool things that they say, I think. The shit where they... They have like the personality of somebody mapped on a grid. I just think it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> At a certain point, it's just arbitrary names from like terms that Freud originally came up with to refer to uh, various parts of the human soul, I guess, like the human motivation, I should say. The terms have been appropriated to a point where like libido is your urge to live and distrudo is your urge to, to, to self-destruct. And there's a lot of weird disconnect with English terminology in the show and, and some of the naming conventions with the all like the Christian symbolism. It feels to me like they're just naming shit after stuff. You know, it's like an arbitrary thing. Cause yes. like they have a hundred percent. Yeah. But it, it like canonically in the show, they're just like, okay, so these are the, these are things that are happening, but this is, this is all we have to name it. So we're just like nicknaming it after these angels. Yeah, I, uh, um, I think that kind of came up for me as we were talking about this online in the last couple of weeks. We had some folks weigh in with like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of anti-Semitic stuff in Evangelion. Like the explanation for that is that there's a lot of stuff yeah, that's taken from no, the like not. idea that there <laughs> are, you know, Jewish conspiracies, you know, running the world, which is essentially what Zila is. Yeah. But like a lot of that, I think, is again confusion on the part of the people creating it that they're like oh no we're it's not a jewish cult it's just a cult of people that are like trying to end the it's world like, like a robot not... german man yeah look i the official jew declare it not anti-semitic <laughs> <laughs> thank you appreciate you <laughs> I, I think the clearest way to clear that up is to like look at some of the other things that are named in the show i feel like i could do an entire five minutes set on the fact that Asuka's mom, who is half German and half Japanese, is named Kyoko Zeppelin Soryu. Yes! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> the middle name is Zeppelin. It's the funniest shit to me. Like, <laughs> that comes up in Amazing. the set where they're talking Incredible. about her killing herself. And I'm like, I couldn't stop laughing over this scene. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's revealed that her middle name is Zeppelin. Zeppelin! Hey, come on. I mean... If you could, you would, right? <laughs> All middle names would just be over-the-top signifiers of your country. <laughs> I guess I'd be Maple or something. I, don't know. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's not bad, yeah. right? I mean, it's not bad. Better than Zeppelin. I want to talk moose hockey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm totally adopting that. <laughs> oh my god, Bronwyn it's glorious. Yeah, <laughs> moose hockey. Maple moose hockey. Bronwyn maple, maple moose, moose hockey. Moose hockey? Oh, oh boy. Moose hockey. This woman's name is Mirror Blimp. 
<laughs> yeah, there's also with Ray, there's a lot of, if you look up things about Moe. Oh, it's bad. Yeah, which is basically the, the fetishization of submissive young girls. Hector. Yeah, and... Unless she talks shit about your dad, a, then she's going to slap you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, and that's completely missing the point that she has been abused, groomed, assaulted, and she Cloned also and like, just replaced whenever she's because dis- she's fucking disposable. Yeah, yeah, she's she is literally disposable and struggles with that. Yeah, um, and she is also struggling to be human because she's essentially like not like she yeah. comes. She is alien. There's a lot of things that I think people, especially queer people have you know have identified with her as well as with Kauru. Oh yeah. I don't want to yeah. call it an ideal, definitely not that. Uh- <laughs> I don't want to call it a, a representation because that is also debatable because of like the barrier gaze trope and all that kind of stuff. But I know that Kauru also was an awakening for a lot of people. And Ray's struggle to relate to normal people and Shinji's struggle and also, in a way, the Ava Unit One herself have all been points of identity for queer people who are struggling with that. I will say that I worked on a zine and illustrated a poem that a, a woman wrote about her transition that was about the awakening of Ava Unit One using that scene oh. where Unit One devours the angel. Mm-hmm. It talks about, you know, the closeted woman and the awakened woman and all this really profound expression about the struggle and the frustration of trying to become who you are, really. And I found that to be incredibly profound and even in its violence, because we have to understand that it's not always like it gets better dot com. You know, like there's a very upsetting and violent part to that for people, for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be that, but. It really is for a lot of people. So it's unfortunate that a lot of that becomes just fetishized, especially where Ray is concerned. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is due to tone deafness on the creators. You know, <laughs> there are a lot of intents to create strong women in the series, but they all suffer profoundly from these tropes. It, it does kind of feel like anime before Ava was one thing. Yes. And anime after Ava took all of the superficial bits of Evangelion and then like just went nuts like and and went to the extreme. Like there's a there's a show Kill a Kill, which was wildly popular when it came out and it features a mother fingering her daughter. It's awful. And like, yeah, like it definitely feels like all of those things, like the Moe you were talking about. And mm-hmm. and just like character design has been has been taken to like different levels since Ava, and you can all trace all of this stuff back to it. And it just it feels like what they were tr- they may have been trying to do something different with Evangelion, but the result has been just I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to watch anime sometimes. Like, yes, it's hard yeah. to watch anime sometimes. It is extremely. Yeah, and that's the point where we get Hayao Miyazaki saying that anime was a mistake. There's a there's a climbing anime. Which is actually pretty decent in terms of like climbing technique, and this is how you train, and this is a heel hook, and this is how you look at a route. Every single episode, ass shot, ass shot, tit shot, tit shot, like tit hooks on the thing, and then like going over. And sure, you see a lot of butts in climbing, but that's not what, like, that's not the thing. Yeah. And, and you know, 
I, I can't recommend it to my climbing friends because it's just like it's yeah. super pervy. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's the, the problem is, too, is is that then you end up with this concept that admiring people sexually is pervy. And that's it's not true. Like, it drives me crazy that you have that that's the thing. Right. Like mm-hmm. that when you have this fetishization, when you have the way the this is shot and the way and I say shot as if it's not animated and drawn and whatever but yeah well shot shot is is valid because it is set up that way the motherfucker storyboarded it that way yeah (laughs) ask coon goes right here yeah because and it's not like you can't ever have a picture of somebody's ass and have it be tasteful and have it be beautiful and have it be artistic and have it be all of those things you absolutely can it happens on the regular yeah it's but that is not what is happening here not the least of which because these characters are underage, which is horrifying for any number of reasons. Not the least of which is the sexualization of them, but also all of the trauma, all of the pressure, all of the poor communication, all of the, you know, lack of emotional support system that Ben mentioned earlier. Like, all, like just, wow, this whole environment is toxic for these. And I think that's that's part of the communication process, right? Like, that's part of the learning arc of this is, is the, the toxicity of this environment. And but again, like we said, it, it, instead of going into the satire, it went into the the fetish side, which that was the effect. Yeah. The, yes. Definitely. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That is a more that is a better, more clear communication. Thank you. The thing to me is, I think there's a difference between characters who are sexual or do things that are sexual, and the creator writer animator sexualizing a character this is very clear to me with you know uh, uh, with all the girls in this but especially like i think masato is an interesting one because like i have no problem with masato being sexual or being horny or being a drunk or being exactly crazy and passing out all over the place like these are all things that are personality for her and like are explained through her trauma, through mm-hmm. her relationships, things like that, things that make sense for her. And I, I think she's an interesting and complex character, but nothing about her character makes them draw her from the ass. Like, yeah. it's one thing to have, like, Shinji look at her or uh, fucking Suzuhara look at her and, and be, like, attracted to her because she's sexy, like, and to show it from their point of view. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's a weird scene where like they're at the, the dinner table and she has leaned over the dinner table and they're and just shooting sit. her boobs. Yeah. yeah. And then they turn yeah. it to the other side and they're just shooting her ass. And like that's not from anybody's point of view. It's just them choosing to animate her ass and make her an object rather than a character. Well, I feel like that that particular scene that you're talking about is kind of from Shinji's perspective because he is sort of overwhelmed by the situation. I'm not saying that this is it's a good decision, but it felt like in that particular scene it was part of the like But you the, also get things from the other side of the room where Shinji yeah. is not like mm-hmm. you know and and I I think like that makes sense to some extent to to be like oh if if you're a 14-year-old Shinji and this, you know, attractive woman who doesn't wear much in the way of clothes and, like, you know, is has just moved you into her house, you're going to be like, boobs. But also, at, at the point that you move away from Shinji's perspective, then that's just the animator going, boobs. Which is not, like, is really showing your hand. Because I, I think, you know, this has been 
compared to Joss Whedon at one point in this conversation. And I think that's a really valid comparison because like you can choose to frame a shot through Wonder Woman's legs for no particular reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the same thing, but with a real woman, which is even more horrifying. But I, I think, you know, in either case, like sexualizing a character is completely different than having a character who is sexual. Yes. Yes. A thousand percent. Um, yes. We've we've talked about now. I I feel that also we do have some attempts at at making the female characters re- fully realized, but it kind of falls short because of the sexualization. There's not really much in the way of social justice. The uh, you know in terms of race, there's not really any discussion of race. The movies do have characters of color, but they do not do shit. If they if when they do a live action version and cast all white people in it. Mm. This is going to be one of those weird situations where it's like, I guess, um, well, the- because they have Asian names, but like besides Shinji and Masato and maybe Ray, everyone else's ethnicity could be whatever. I don't know. I, I, I've often thought about this, like coming from the Asian perspective, it's like there's not a lot of Asian people in anime like yeah. Attack on Titan. It should all be lily ass white people, except for those two Asian ones. Or like Full Metal Alchemist. Or Full yeah. Metal Alchemist. And, you know, so it's like, it's this weird thing. Like, I get upset when, you know, they whitewash characters like, who are Asian in, in Western movies. But like, mm-hmm. for this one, I'd be like, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a fight I give a shit about. Because it's going mean, to be bad. It's that's gonna fair. Be bad. It's gonna this be is, bad. This it's is why bad. I say, you sh- if they're going to do a live action Evangelion thing, it should be a totally separate thing. It should be about the American nerve, about American pilots doing American things. And it should not try to be a retelling of the story because we've done it too many times. However, oh, I think that's a I great think, idea. James Johnson, Ava Unit from <laughs> Kevin Smith's dogma is that all of the angels should be voiced by Ben Affleck. But it's just him going, oh. Yes. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I didn't mean He's just making noise. He's just so making good. growly. It's just Ben Affleck making growly noises. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's what a Boston ass angel, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so we have we've talked about trauma. You like them apples again, those. We have a situation, we have kind of a class situation because we have the, the Illuminati and we have the various, like, you know, levels of corruption that occur that, you know, with all the secrets, secrets. We're not um, discussing any real meaningful way, as as with the sexuality side of things, it, it yeah. is there, but not discussed or mm-hmm. held in any sort of meaningful way. I would argue that there is a discussion of of sexuality here, but it really takes some reaching, you know, and it also depends on your point of view, because there's a lot of people that can come at it with a particular point of view. And and it's very unique to the person, but it requires a certain amount of understanding of like, there's some problematic tropes here and you really need to be aware of that. You know, I would not show this to a person who is like 14 and just trying to to figure shit out. So I'm going to I'm going to just go right into do you think this this is worth seeing? I mean, I mean, yeah, it's a yeah. foundational anime. Yeah. I, I think you it's have like to go into it with critical thought. Yes. Absolutely. You have to go into it aware that yeah, it's I going agree. to require critical thought. You have to it's go into it aware that. that this is going to be problematic. But there are definitely things that are worth seeing in this. Absolutely. It's, I mean, like, children. it's different, but no, it do is, not watch to it a with degree, children. it's like, you know, it's place in anime history. It's kind of like, hey, is this isn't a one to one example. Like, is Snow White worth watching? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, I mean, compared to a lot of anime that is really, really popular with kids, this is not 
as like like if you think about the kind of shit that goes on in like sword art online or attack on titan with the anti-semitism is really there in attack on titan or like you know berserk not for kids <laughs> yeah but it's still you know you still got to watch out you ought to look yeah i think there's definitely stuff in here worth seeing i i mean i think you can probably skip the original ending and just go straight to end of evangelion and uh, there's stuff i like about the rebuilds but they're they're not a necessary watch and you know we can talk about that elsewhere so um, rec- but, recommendations yeah oh yes iron Front widow Read it immediately. So friggin' good. Yes. And it is like, it's got all the good parts of Evangelion, but it's queer AF and it's so angry and it's so fabulous. And like, it's still got some parts that are like difficult to process as you're going through. But oh my God, Iron Widow. There we go. Jeremy's got it. It's. I cannot with how good this book is. It's insane. So immediately, anyone who hasn't, go out and read it. Deep Talks. It is a gorgeous book. I've heard very good things. Oh, it's so good. And Jamie, what do you have to recommend? So this is difficult, but the tokusatsu genre in general, because Ano is heavily influenced by it. The way the Avas move, the way they fight, especially in the, the rebuilds, is based on man in suit, punching other man in suit. A couple of good things that are easily easy to find. Mariah has an official Ultraman YouTube channel where they broadcast the current Ultraman series translated in English with subtitles. The current series is Ultraman Decker. So every Friday, there's a new half hour episode of Ultraman. You could watch it with your kids. I watched it with Hazel. She loved it. Awesome. Um, so it's easy to find. Super Sentai shows are coming out. You know them as Power Rangers. Power Rangers is still going on. Netflix has a whole bunch of Power Rangers. I think Shout Factory is releasing box sets of the original. And then Kamen Rider. Kamen Rider is my favorite series. There's a Toku Shoutsu channel on Pluto TV that you can watch old versions of Kamen Rider. But there's a Kamen Rider comic book that's happening right now. And I'm kind of pissed that I'm not involved at all in that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Like we when when our books are out, Jeremy, and if I don't get a call from these motherfuckers, I'm busting down their doors <laughs> and slamming this shit in their face and saying, look, I will. I just want to do covers or like, you know, if you have a letter column, I'll draw a little chibis on it. I want to do something with it. But Common Writer one, it's coming out in bookstores soon or comic shops. But yeah, that's yeah. Common Writer Tokusatsu in general. Watch it. It's easy to get now. You don't Amazing. have to. You don't have to like steal it anymore. <laughs> uh, ben, what did you get? <laughs> So I'm going to recommend Ghost in the Shell for some more, you know, anime from that 80s, 90s era, uh, specifically Ghost in the Shell, the original movie. Mm-hmm. So yes. real, real introspective, very philosophical, and also more of just that gorgeous 90, like 80s, 90s, just anime, animation of just Everything mechanical mechanics awesome. doing their machiney stuff. By hand! By hand so machinies on model so by gorgeous. hand incredible so good yeah i i don't know that i have any like real great ones that haven't already been covered sorry i stole your recommendation <laughs> i mean you know iron widow is great i definitely recommend checking that out oh you know what i know hold on i have to find the gotta make sure i got the right name for this greg pox series met cadet you 
Oh um, yeah. Is uh, I love Met Cadet U. That's yeah. such a good comic. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a kids and giant robots comic that is not quite so traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> hey. And, and it is not problematic. And and Greg is a you know, if nothing else, Greg is a great guy. So I would always recommend checking out his stuff. Oh, but, fantastic, Met Cadet U. Yeah. Go find that. I believe that was from Boom that that came out originally. But uh, yes, I believe you are correct on that. Yeah. So, so for my recommendation, if you're if you want a a little bit more easily digestible version of the story, and you have the time, read the read the Evangelion manga because you can actually like look at the letters for in the words for a bit longer and absorb <laughs> them a bit better. And there's some pretty great mashups with Evangelion and Jack Black on on YouTube. Check those Ooh. out. <laughs> um, I posted those in the chat. By the yep. way, guys. I love me some Jack also, Black. I don't know if there's one knows if this is still going on the way streaming services just announce and then cancel shows and animation. But apparently last year, Netflix announced a Met Cadet U animated series. Oh, so let's hope it it sticks. Yeah, Yeah, right. Yeah. But my main recommendation is a series that might be a little bit difficult to find. You may need to go find some some kind of niche streaming services. It's called Aoi Hono or Blue Blazes, and it is a autobiographical story about a, a comic artist that goes to school with Hideaki Anno and the founders of Gainax and his experience with them. It's based on a comic It's about his whole situation, but it goes into the foundation of Gainax and their, their opening animations for Daikon 3 and all this yes. kind of stuff, yep. which is you know basically how these fans became the 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 icons that they were really really into and it's an incredible success story but also you know wrought with difficulties of its own but the main character of this series <laughs> is kind of in their shadow and it's so relatable as an art student as somebody who is trying to make it in media who is trying to find their 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 style or their place you know if they want to be an animator or an artist and they're sort of always perpetually in the shadow of this crazy genius who is more crazy than genius debatably and uh Hideaki Anno is a character in the show and is <laughs> really hilarious amazing <laughs> yes he's she's one of the funniest characters and uh, the show itself is just really hilarious it's Aoi Hono or Blue Blazes and I don't think it's licensed so do what thou wilt <laughs> all um, right so that's that on that yeah that I think that wraps it up for us just you, one last know. thing though yeah Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Emily. Happy birthday to you. I'm 20 again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 20 twice. Perfect. I'm 20 twice. <laughs> tumbling down, tumbling down. <laughs> it all returns to nothing. <laughs> all right. Well, until next time, happy birthday, Emily. And to all of you at home, stay horrified. <laughs> Yay! Okay. okay. Only we did it. Happy birthday. <laughs> Love you. Ya. Bye. True friends. Oh, my God. I have to be <laughs> at work friends. in seven I'll hours. <laughs>